Hey friends, welcome to episode number 22 of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. Today's episode is really a permission slip, (laughs) a permission slip to not plan, not plan your content, not try to batch your content in advance. This permission slip does come with a caveat. I'm not, I'm not shitting on planning and I'm not shitting on batching. It has its pros and cons. But as someone whose business used to revolve around content planning and content batching, I used to have products and offers, even a membership that was focused on teaching business owners how to plan ahead, how to batch out content. I know it has its pros and its cons. What I also know is that most of 2020, I did not plan ahead. I did not batch my content. Again, pros and cons. Planning and batching is great for some focus, knowing what you're doing each week. Yes. And as someone who does like to be organized, planning is useful. At the same time, planning and batching content ahead can lead us into this false sense of security. It can lead us into this trap where we've got content planned that maybe is suddenly no longer relevant. Maybe it's not as thoughtful or as intentional as we intended it to be. And sometimes when we try to plan and create and batch content ahead of time, we're struggling because we're not sure what to say, or we're struggling because what we had intended to say is now not what we want to share. We're then put in this position of, do I rewrite my content? Do I just carry on as usual? This is a question many of us have asked time and time again over the last year. So today it's really about a permission slip to not just not plan, but to find out what that planning looks like for you, to ensure that you're not planning for the sake of it, you're not following these rules or these boundaries that really don't meet your business or your goals, and how do you find what works for you? So that's what we're going to be talking about today, and specifically around Instagram, right? We're going to be talking about Instagram content, and I'm going to take you behind the scenes. I'm going to share with you the highs and lows of my own planning and batching. I'm going to talk about how I felt truthfully when I used to plan and batch everything out in advance. And I'm going to share with you what I do now in the hopes that it can give you some sense of peace and inspiration and know that you're not alone if you're not planning and batching your content out months in advance. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. We are creating our own version of success and striving to build and grow businesses that serve our personal goals and creativity just as much as it serves our audiences. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online marketing and business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller, Instagram alchemist, mentor, and CEO of The Outlaws, a holistic business mentorship, meeting you at the intersection of strategy, spirituality, and self-inquiry. Get ready because we're having the messy, honest, and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. And you'll learn how to create intention and connection behind your content marketing so you can sell without selling out. 
we're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business. The highs, lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. So I used to plan and batch my content months in advance. This became not only my focus in my own business, but it became something that I taught others how to do. But here's one of a few little things I noticed when I look back at that time in my business, when I look back at a time when I had this really solid content plan and I really was batching and just pumping out content. There's a few things I've noticed about that. The first is that it gave me a sense of worthiness, right? Planning and batching, looking at my scheduling tool with all these posts planned out, it gave me a sense of worthiness because I connected my self-worth to how much I could could achieve. Now, I think this is something I'm still working on, trying to let go of, connecting my productivity, my kind of creative output, connecting that to my self-worth, right? I know I'm not alone in this. I think this is something we are taught, that the more we can do, the more successful we are. And I certainly felt that when I planned and batched my content. At the same time, I wasn't actually making enough money to pay my bills, So I spent all this time planning and batching content and putting content out into the world, but I wasn't making enough money to pay my bills. And when I look back at that, I do have to wonder if there were other tasks, other things I could have been doing that would have actually helped me to grow my business faster. The third thing, I was fucking miserable. (laughs) Now, I'm not necessarily associating that to planning and batching, but I was not the happiest I've ever been in my business. I found that time really hard. I was working so hard, often running out of time each week. I was doing and doing and doing, but I wasn't making that much money. And when I say I wasn't making that much money, I wasn't making enough money to pay my bills. I wasn't connecting with people. And I felt totally, totally 100% uninspired by my own content. I did not feel as though my audience were actually receptive to my content. So, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been talking a lot about listening and then creating, so listening to what your audience is telling you, even, you know, sometimes it's not what we want to hear. I, if you felt really resistant to that, I get it. That is how I used to feel. I felt as if my audience were totally unreceptive. They were not necessarily paying attention, or at least that's how I felt. And like so many, I felt as though it was because I wasn't doing enough, that it was because I was, you know, I didn't have the right graphics or the right stock imagery, or I needed to change my brand colors for the 50,000th time. Or maybe it was because I was posting too few times, or I wasn't doing this, that, or the other. And so I fell into that trap of constantly looking outside of myself for the answer. I was constantly looking for what was the next best thing? What was this thing that was going to just turn my content around? How could I beat the algorithm? All that kind of stuff. What I never realized was that my content fell, my content fell flat with my audience because I found it totally uninspiring. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about looking at how we want our audience to feel, right? Thinking about how do our audience want to feel when they go to Instagram? What are they looking for? 
How do they want to feel when they see your content? How do you want to feel when you go on that platform? The problem was I was creating all of this content that uninspired me. I was not inspired by my own content. I was creating content that was just adding to the noise. And the reason I was doing that was because around me at that time, that was all I saw. I'm talking about a time pre-2020 when all we saw was content that was regurgitated, adding to the noise, everybody fighting for their spot in, or their, their place in the spotlight. And I felt like a total imposter in my industry because writing my content felt like I was just going through the motions. Nothing had substance, nothing resonated with me, but at the same time, I expected it to do this with my audience and it didn't. It was a very, very few people who really resonated with my content at that time. And it doesn't surprise me. And did this have a direct correlation to planning and batching? Yes and no. Yes, because the only reason I was able to plan and batch so far in advance was because there was no real deep thought. There was no deep emotion. There was no real intention behind the content I was creating. I was just pumping content out because that was what I thought I had to do. And so there wasn't that real substance behind it. There was no real storytelling. There was no storytelling path for certain. And then sometimes as I created content, that was of use to my audience, it was usually teaching. So I would create content that people found useful, but it was usually a teaching post. It was usually something where I was giving away something um, very tangible that they could take and use. Nothing wrong with that, but that was a focus of my content. That was the only time my content was ever really received, (laughs) but it never quite clicked, right? It never quite did what I wanted it to do or what I was hoping it could do. There was this disconnection between who I am and who I thought I should be online. There was this disconnection between what I thought I should say and what I wanted to say, right? I was adding to the noise, but that wasn't really what I wanted to do. That wasn't my purpose, isn't my purpose. That wasn't why I had a business, It isn't how I wanted to run things, but I didn't know what my options were. There was this disconnection between what I thought my audience wanted from me versus what they actually needed. This is huge because so much of the way I showed up online was filtered through the lens of my business coaches. It was a process that was not my own. I was not working towards my own goals. I was not working towards my own vision because I didn't have enough opportunity to figure out what that looked like. Instead, I was working towards other people's visions, other people's businesses, their business models, how much money they wanted to make. At the same time, being told that what I thought my audience wanted from me or needed from me, well, no, that's not true. That's not what they really want, even though that was exactly what they were telling me. Because that didn't fit into someone else's vision. It didn't fit into what someone else needed to believe about online business. And this was the trap that I fell into. So even when I stopped working with those business coaches, I still had this real disconnection between who I am and who I thought I should be online. And I don't want to use the word authentic because I know it's overdone. But that was really what was missing was this authenticity because Personally, I didn't really know who I was. So I certainly didn't know who I should be online. I didn't know who I was online because I wasn't really sure who I wanted to be in real life. 
And there was this disconnect between this kind of persona, this person that I showed up as online versus who I was actually, what was actually going on. And for the most part, it was kind of fake. It wasn't necessarily real. You know, these are things that I would never dream of doing now because my business is like saturated in transparency. <laughs> that's how I run my business because that's how I always wanted to run my business. But it's not sexy. It's a turnoff for a lot of people. I have to really, really stand in my values and say it's okay that not everyone is going to show up and read my content because I'm saying the things that people don't really want to hear. But that's the disconnect right now between planning out our content and creating freely is this disconnection between who we think we should be online and who we actually are, between what our audience want from us and what we actually need, between what we think we should say and what they, we actually want to say, right? It's the reason why creative entrepreneurs can find planning and batching so hard because writing your thoughts out ahead of time it's totally foreign. I get that. Because we write from a place of inspiration. And if you're not writing from a place of inspiration, if you're not writing from real-time conversations or real-world events or how you're feeling in that moment, if you've lost that connection between yourself and your audience, then you're typically going to be just regurgitating information. And the easiest way to regurgitate information is by just teaching. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't teach and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have content creators who do primarily teach. What I am saying is if that doesn't feel right to you, if it feels like a foreign concept, if it feels like something that is really heavy and hard to do, then that's probably why. Because what we want to do is shift from this teaching content to this kind of thought leader content shift from planning and batching and focusing on how far in advance we can do this to actually doing it in real time and having those conversations and allowing those conversations to feel your content. Coming back to that storytelling, connecting your audience to your story, connecting you to your story and meeting them in the middle. And I get it because we have been taught to attach productivity, planning, batching, all of those things to our worthiness. We have been taught to attach those things to our success. The narrative online is that when you are successful, you'll plan months in ahead, maybe years in advance. You'll have this one particular product that you can just sell like hotcakes. Like every time you open the doors, you sell out every launch and everything you touch will turn to six figures. That is the narrative we are still being sold, but it's not true. It is the exception. It is not the standard at which most business owners, especially small business owners, can work towards. But if we're to believe that these things mean we are successful and we're to believe that to become that person, we have to do those things, it makes absolute sense that we attach our success, our worthiness to planning and batching. That if we're not doing those things successfully, that we're failing or that we're not on track to level up, that maybe our limiting beliefs are standing in our way. A lot of this kind of love and light washing that has been presented to us over the years as a way of disregarding 
empathy, as a way of disregarding trauma, as a way of disregarding real life. So we end up falling into this trap of trying to constantly hustle, trying to constantly be more productive and out outproduce other people, other content creators. We do this because we're told that that's success. But in my opinion, we can become so attached to the planning and the batching that we actually forget to execute. We lose ourselves in this process. We lose our vision and our values and our business in this process. And then we forget to execute what we actually wanted to do in the first place. This is one of the reasons when I talk to business owners who have been doing this for a while, you start your business and everything is new. Everything is shiny. We're so excited. We absorb so much information. We're like these little entrepreneurial sponges. And at some point, the sponge gets too heavy and we can't absorb anything else. And we're so overwhelmed with information, we just don't know what the next step is. We don't know what step to take next or first to get to where we want to get to. We have so many options and so many choices, we don't know which one to choose. And this is when we know that we need to tap into our intuition. This is when we need to go inwards instead of outwards. We need to look at what do we actually want to do? Because at those moments when we become attached to the planning and we forget to execute because we're going around in circles, we're like overthinking and in this spiral, then somebody else says that thing. Someone else creates the product. We lose our connection to the message and then we feel like an imposter. Can planning be useful? Yes. Can planning help you get clear on what you want to create or communicate in your business? Absolutely. But too much planning often leads us to overthinking and that becomes a spiral, right? And it's a straight spiral. Straight spiral? I don't think you can have a straight spiral. (laughs) It's a straight path to overwhelm. Overthinking leads us to overcomplicating. Overcomplicating leads us to overcompensating and then we get into overwhelm. But effective content creation as an empath, as a creative, as an introvert, it requires a balance. There needs to be a balance of planning with strategic support and then actually doing the damn thing. We need to have this balance of this masculine and feminine energy, which I'm so reluctant to talk about because, again, how this has been used against people in business. But at its core, what it means is basically using data and also using how you feel. You know, what's the data telling me? It's telling me that I should create this piece of content. Do I want to create this piece of content? Is that aligned with my vision and my business? Is it within my values? Is it something that excites me? Right? Sure, the data gives us information, but we have to ask ourselves better questions as content creators, as business owners. And those questions are a form of planning, but this is where planning can be more strategic, it can be more intuitive, it can actually allow us to go from a place of, hey, here's some information in front of me, to I'm actually excited about this. I could create this piece of content and we do it really quickly. I mean, have you ever created content or have you ever had those moments when you are so aligned with a message or an idea or content theme? Maybe something's really fired you up and you're like, damn it, this is, and you're like typing on your computer and you're like, oh my God, this is, 
this really pisses me off about my industry and I'm so tired of seeing people feel this way. And you write this piece of content and it just like, it just comes out of you. And it's probably the best flipping thing you've ever written. And then you put it out there and people are like, oh my God, I feel the same way. And it's, people are receptive to it, right? We've all had that. Here's the thing. We do that and then we go straight back into this this place of self-doubt, this place of imposter syndrome, because we don't connect the fact that what we just did is what we should be doing. We lose ourselves in this over-planning, in this over-batching, in this desire to look a certain way. You know, if I plan a batch, well, I'm a good entrepreneur, then everyone's going to know this about me. Fuck that. Like, we don't need to worry about that. We need to worry about what it is that we're saying. You know, what what are we saying? What do we want our content to do for our business, for our audience? How do we want to showcase our values? And let's not forget that we are still living in unprecedented times, right? I'm not even sure it makes sense to plan things out too far in advance because we have realized in the last year that shit can change anytime, that things that we didn't even know were possible can happen, right? We have realized that our routines and schedules can be just like blown apart within moments and that we sometimes have no control over that. And this is coming from someone who is very rigid in her own routines. (laughs) I like routine. I like to know what's happening. I'm a bit of a control freak in that way. And this has been a very, very hard lesson for me to learn over the last year. But it's also taught me so much about flexibility. I am definitely the kind of person who could be told something a hundred times, but it will take me as long as it takes me to get to that result myself. So I know that some of you listening to this might be like, this sounds great, Melanie, but I'm not there yet. Fine. But remember that you can get there. If this is what you want, if this is how you run your business, if you are the kind of person who, like me, can be told something, but know that they need to get there in their own time. First of all, that self-awareness is really great. And secondly, you'll get there when you're ready to. It's a journey. Have some compassion for yourself. Again, also a lesson that I need to hear because I'm not particularly great at doing that for myself. But you will get there in your own time. So let's talk about how, right? We talked about how planning and batching can actually negatively affect our self-worth. It can cause us to feel like an imposter. It can actually have the opposite effect with our content. So how do I plan and create content right now? What do I do? So there's really no surprises. The first thing I do is I listen. I listen to myself. I listen to my audience. I listen to the data. I also look at what I'm planning on offering. So what is it that I'm offering? What is it I'm selling? What is I'm launching? Which direction is my business heading in? This is really important. It's this, this is like a, a foundational rule that still is true and valid, right? We're creating content because we're marketing our business. So therefore the content we create, the content we share with people, it does have to have some kind of connection to the place where our business is going, some kind of connection to what we do and where we're heading. That is completely subjective to what you do and what kind of business you have. 
Now I'm starting to integrate at the time of recording this, I'm starting to integrate a week or so into my business each month where I can dedicate time to dreaming and planning and visualizing. I am definitely a visionary in my business. I am not an integrator. So despite my desire for organization and, you know, some kind of strategy and, you know, I like checklists and stuff as well. I also hate them. (laughs) I'm very complicated. So despite the fact I like them, I also dislike them. I don't want to be the one creating them. I like to be with my ideas. I've always been like that. I like to come up with things and then I need people who are going to say, Melanie, I'm not sure. (laughs) Or do we have to do that right now? (laughs) We have enough to do. And this is one of the incredible things I found with building my team is I have hired and I work with people who feel safe to challenge and say no. (laughs) Also are like, no, I agree with you. And I love these conversations and I openly lead in that way. I'm like, look, I'm here. And I, and I tell them, um, I'll say to them, you know, look, this is my idea. I want you to tell me what's wrong with this idea. And so it's always kind of a fun conversation when they either come with at me and go, well, here's all the reasons why this might not work. Or they're like, actually, I agree. Um, you know, that's a nice little bit of validation for my ego. But either way, this is really, really powerful to have those people. It doesn't necessarily have to be team members, but to have people in your in your business, people, even if it's like a little group of like a mastermind or a p- business peer, like a friend, someone who you can bounce ideas off of and that they feel safe enough and confident enough with you in, in that relationship that they can say to you, mm, I'm not sure. Um, the other thing is, you know, obviously asking your audience, but if you are a visionary, if you know that that's you, then when you come to the time when you're looking to hire, it's definitely important to look at hiring those people who are going to help you actually execute those ideas or organize and and kind of integrate them. So I'm trying to integrate a week or so into my business each month where I can actually just dream, plan, visualize. It usually involves a lot of journaling. There's like pages and pages of notes. And then what I typically do was look at this and kind of say, okay, which of these things do I still want to do? Which of these ideas are actually going to get me to wherever I'm trying to go? What, what things have I said before? What, which pieces of these, uh, which ideas, which themes are going to be repurposed? And this really helps me to get clear on what I want to say and also why it's important. Because again, this is combining that like masculine and feminine energy. You know, what do I want to say? How is that going to help me achieve my goals? Also, why is it important to me to say these things? Why is it important to my audience to hear them? On a tangible level, when I create content, I allow my creativity and my experiences to guide me. So as a creative entrepreneur, I know that we can find inspiration and creativity in so many different places. For me, I will I'm someone who associates ideas to maybe a visual graphic, something that I have created in the past, or it might also be that I actually associate it with a GIF or some kind of concept. And this to me is something I've always found really inspiring for my own content. But I was also taught 
many, many times that this isn't how I should create content. I was taught that you should kind of come up with a theme and that you should create a graphics last because that's the easy piece. Yes and no. I feel like that is maybe a rule created for people who are not necessarily creative. And I'm talking about creativity in the sense of colors and fonts and choosing assets and graphics that fit together. I think if you have that creativity when it comes to graphic design or you enjoy playing around in Canva and you can you have an eye for creative creative endeavors, I feel as though you will be more inspired visually. You know, if you're an artist or a jewelry designer or a fashion designer, you're going to be inspired by materials and places and colors. You're going to be inspired by the things that inspire your your creations, your arts, your designs. So the idea that you should write first may not necessarily be the correct path. If you are somebody whose creativity comes from writing, you know, if you're a copywriter or you are someone who just very naturally loves to write, then your creativity is going to come from there. For me, it's a visual thing. You have to find your own path. This is, again, it's that permission slip. Don't fall into these rules. You know, on a, on a deep level, you know what your strengths are, right? You're at this point in your game, and your business, you know your strengths. You know where your creativity lies. We all are creatives, but it's knowing where your creativity lies. For me, it's visual. For me, it's in music, and it's in art, and it's in you know, it's, it's in gifts and humor and it's in those things. For some of you, it's going to be writing. So figure out where your inspiration comes from and like how you create content. So I allow that to guide me. I also know which graphics or which assets consistently do well on my own Instagram feed. So I know which types of graphics people resonate with. I know that interestingly, still, it is carousel posts, it is tweet quotes. Those are the kinds of things that people really connect with. I'm also very aware that that could change at any moment. So I'm always throwing in some new things just to see what people resonate with. I template most things. I like playing in Canva, but I do not have the time in my schedule to spend hours every week creating new graphics. I'm not a graphic designer, right? And there are other things in my business that I need to do. So most things are templated. So when you see these graphics on my my feed, I do template most of these things. And then there's going to be these new graphics that I create. And often what I'll do is, again, I'll find inspiration either in just a Canva template, because let me tell you, Canva is like upping their game. If anybody was up-leveling in 2021, I feel like Canva is doing that. So with Canva's new, they've got new templates. Um, I always look on Creative Market to get some inspiration for different things. And sometimes I'll buy templates and then I'll just change the colors and the fonts. And you know, then they are customized to my own brand. So I'm always looking on the lookout for those kinds of things. I will also work with my graphic designer to create more complex graphics or any assets that I need because sometimes there's just things that are really fiddly and she has a great eye for being able to create those. She does things that I can't do. So most things are templated and I find inspiration and allow that to guide me and I try not to be rigid with my content planning. What that means is I try to let it be fluid. How am I feeling inspired right now? 
And I let that guide me. I'm also heavily committed. Like I'm in a heavily committed relationship with content repurposing. We are in a deep, a deep love because content repurposing is like one of the most underused tools with entrepreneurs. We have this deep fear that if we say something more than once, people are going to be horrified by the fact that we didn't have an original thought. But it's okay to reshare things because people don't see everything. They don't remember everything. And no one really cares as much as we do. No one's going to remember. If you share the same thing five days five days in a row, maybe. But I would really be interested to know whether that would even, again, be on anybody's radar. It'd be pointless. I'm not encouraging you to do that. It's a completely pointless thing. But I'm just saying that people don't care as much as we care as, you know, we are the content creator. We are the business owner. This is our our baby and we care about it. But no one else really cares as much as we do. And no one else notices. So it's okay to repurpose. Repurpose graphics, ideas, themes, captions. Repurpose right? If you are relaunching a product or if you have a program or an offer that you're relaunching three times a year, you don't need to create new content for that thing. You can repurpose. And repurposing can be as simple as changing graphics. Yes, read it. Make sure that it's actually still relevant, that you're not referencing something from January and July, but still you can repurpose without rewriting the new, a whole new thing. And I also repurpose across my business. So we recently separated the, um, we created the Entrepreneur Outlaws Instagram feed and I still have my own Melanie Knight's Instagram feed. And I'm creating content for both of those things with my team. And one of my concerns with doing this, my only concern really was this is like more work. This is going to be more content because I now have a second feed. It's actually worked out in an easier way. I don't quite know. Well, I do know how, and that's probably an episode for a whole other time, but it's actually become easier to create content for two places because the content is different, right? The brands stand alone. And although we are having similar conversations, they're happening in different ways. So this has been really interesting to look at in relation to content planning and batching because I am still repurposing content across my business from right here on the podcast through to my Instagram feed and stories, obviously on the on the website where we have the podcast show notes and then also on Pinterest when I create pins. But we're repurposing imagery and we repurpose um, quotes and things like that. And right now I'm probably creating content one to two weeks ahead of time. And this is only if I'm in the flow. I am I am looking to create content further ahead. But I'm also really resistant to it because we're living in this time where things could change so quickly, right? Like I said, and that makes me really nervous. So I'm trying to get my head around that because I do want to, I do want to plan my content a little bit further ahead, but it has to be on my own terms, right? I'm not married to a posting schedule when it comes to my Instagram content, Sometimes I'll have a lot to say and I'll post five times in a week, but maybe the world feels really heavy and I don't have as much to say. Maybe I'm like fucking over it and I'll just put two posts out. We're told that this is not okay because we're told that consistency is the only thing that matters, but I'm here to tell you that consistency is not the only thing that matters. And 
content is allowed to ebb and flow because if we rule with rigidity, this is when we get really stuck. If we're committed to consistency, then we're creating content just to fill a quota, right? We have to be committed to creating valuable content. Like that should be the commitment. And then that means some weeks your valuable content is going to provide you with five pieces of content, five captions or five stories or whatever it might be. And some weeks it might be two. And I know that there's a lot of people out there saying, you know, you only have to post once in the feed once a week. Sure, you can do that. But look, there's no one is keeping score. If you want to post five times and you can do that and it feels good and you're not exhausted by doing it, go ahead, (laughs) right? Go ahead. And if one week it's like, you know what? One post, that's all I have in me. Go ahead. This is your permission slip to do it your way. The only commitment we need to make is to create valuable content. We do not need to commit to rigidity. We do not need to commit to consistency. When your content shows up in someone's feed, they should be able to rely on your ability to connect with them, your ability to be of value, your ability to tell them a story that makes them feel a little bit more hope in this world. That is what our commitment should be. So basically, there are very few rules, right? There are very few rules. And it's really about doing things on your own terms. I honestly do not care what anyone else is doing or how they're planning, because if it leaves me feeling shitty, then it's a big fuck off for me. Like if I don't care what the gurus are doing and how they plan their content and their process, because I've tried so many different things. And they all work until they don't. Like everything works until it doesn't. Everything works, but not for everybody. So we need to back off of the rules, give ourselves permission to find our own content planning pathway. You know, how do we plan content on our own fucking terms? And when we give ourselves permission to not plan, we give ourselves permission to dream. And this is so, so important because this is what often fueled our business in the first place, that dream, that vision. And we lose it. We lose it in spite of all the planning and the rigidity and the strategy and the focus. Look, these things are useful and it can be helpful. Yes absolutely. But sometimes when we focus too much on them, they hold us back. We then can't execute the whole thing. We can't do the damn thing. We get so stuck in this spiral of thinking about what we might want to do, weighing up all of our options that we then don't actually do it. And again, this comes back to a level of awareness because for some of you, this may be your personality type. You want to consider all your options before jumping in. Some of you like me, you probably have to learn to stop jumping in. (laughs) I am definitely that person. I jump in and then I'm like, oh shit, I don't have a parachute. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with either of those personalities. It's about understanding and having that self-awareness over your own creative skills and your content and your business, and then using your strengths, identifying the things that are not your zone of genius, identifying which things are not your strengths and either, you know, figuring out how to make that easier on yourself. For example, templating in Canva, if graphic design is not your strong suit, 
templates. They're amazing and they're not particularly expensive. Maybe it's hiring someone to help you. There's a number of ways in which this can be delivered. So this is your permission slip. I've said this a number of times, but this is your permission slip to do this on your own terms and to not plan if it doesn't feel good. So many creative entrepreneurs that I've been speaking to, you know, for us who are like mold breakers and status quo challengers, the rebel hearts, the outlaws, this is not about following the rules. This is about finding your own path, finding your own way and identifying how you can do this in the easiest way for your own business. And I want you to know, and I think this is really important, even when you hire a team, even when you hire people, yes, there are going to be tasks that are taken off your plate. Yes, you are going to be able to do more. You're going to be able to deliver more. You're going to be able to show up in more places. Your messaging will be more consistent. Yes, there's all these really incredible things. You will have more time to sit with your creativity and sit with your visionary ideas. At the same time, it doesn't eliminate all of those feelings. It doesn't eliminate that feeling of overwhelm. We can still, if we're really, really good at it, which I am, we can still fall into that trap. We can still fall into this trap of over planning, of not actually doing things, of asking everyone around us, what do you think? What do you think? You now have more people to ask, right? That can also be an issue. So I really just want to highlight that. This is not about you know, encouraging everyone to suddenly go out and hire their first team member. If you're in that position, amazing, go do it. But if you're not, also that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're behind. It doesn't mean you're failing. It doesn't mean anything other than you're not ready. You're not there yet. And that's okay. And maybe you don't want to be there. Also okay. But what I mean is it's really important to understand that allowing yourself this creative space, allowing yourself the permission to not plan out is not something that is just saved for six-figure business owners. It is not something that is just saved for those who are, quote, successful. All of us can use this permission slip. This is a permission slip for everyone. And this is the difference between this whole idea of planning and batching out in advance. That is specifically say for people who are quote successful it is made to feel like that's what we're reaching for but for some of us for many of us who are creatives and empaths we want to lead with our feelings and our intentions and we want to write in real time planning and batching will never be the way forward for us and that means that we have to be okay with basically telling the rules to fuck off and finding our own path Otherwise, it's going to be a constant battle. So this permission slip, it is yours for the taking. If you're not there yet, listen to this episode once a week for the rest of your life until you get there. I'm joking. You'll find your own time. Sometimes we have to hear things a number of times, a number of ways before we really understand how it can impact our lives in a positive way. But hopefully this has given you some sense of peace you can see that you don't have to do it anyone else's way. You don't even have to do it my way. Hopefully I've given you some inspiration and some ideas, but take what you want and leave the rest, right? Leave the rest. You will find your own path. And that is incredibly important. So thank you for listening in today. Thank you for joining me for another conversation. I am so... I'm so inspired by all of you and and the messages you send me and it really fills my cup up when I hear you 
telling me that you've resonated with something I've shared on this podcast. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for sharing your stories with me and telling me, you know, what you find useful, because this is what helps me to create more content. It helps me to create content that you actually want, helps me to listen to you. And I really, really appreciate that. If you have a moment today, if you've really loved this episode and you're like, fuck yes, I'm going to create my own rules. I don't, I've got a permission slip now. I would love for you to take a screenshot of you listening, share on Insta stories, tag entrepreneurial outlaws. It's entrepreneurial underscore outlaws on Instagram. Tag us in your stories so we can reshare the goodness. And would you please leave a five-star review and rating? I would love to be able to see how this show is affecting or impacting your business, how it's impacting your content creation, your Instagram strategy, so we can continue to gain the ears of more business owners who need to embrace their outlaw spirit, embrace their outlaw mindset, and join us on this entrepreneurial outlaw journey. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the support. And I will see you next week for another episode. Until next time, outlaws. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws. 